from Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Hey, thanks for rolling up and thanks for double jabbing. Yes, we're almost at that magic 90% mark right across Australia. This is VK4 double B or double jab in the new vernacular. Missing radio op VK3 VZP, an update, a man has been arrested. Mr Hill, VK3 VZP and Ms Clay were last heard from in March 2020 when they travelled via La Cola, spent one night in Howard High Plains before heading into Wanangatta Valley on March 20. Mr Hill was last heard from the next day in a QSO via Amateur HF Radio with VK3 EK stating he was at Wanangatta Valley in the Victorian Alps. Campers later found Mr Hill's vehicle with signs of minor fire damage at their campsite. The campsite completely burnt out near the Dry River Creek track in the valley March 21. Victorian Police Inspector Andrew Stamper last week said the strongest theory investigators had was that there was a third-party intervention. Now, last Tuesday, a suspect has been taken into custody some 20 months later. Now joining us, our WIA President, Scott. Many thanks, Graeme, and a warm greetings to all listeners of the WIA broadcast, wherever you might be across Australia or, in fact, around the world. This is WIA President Scott Williams, VK3KJ, and I hope this announcement finds you and your family safe and well. Just a couple of quick messages on behalf of the WIA board this week. Election of Directors 2022 call for nominations. In accordance with the Constitution of the Wireless Institute of Australia, three directors will retire at the conclusion of the next annual general meeting, which will be held in May 2022. The actual date will be announced shortly. The three directors retiring are Lee Moyle, VK3GK, Oscar Rays, VK3TX, and Philip Shields, VK2CPR. Each retiring director is eligible for re-election. Nominations will shortly be called for persons seeking election as a director of the WIA. In fact, the coming edition of AR Magazine due out in the next few weeks will have the full announcement, including details where to access the nomination form. Nominations will be open until 5pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on the 31st of January 2022. Just a reminder that to be eligible to become a director, you must be a voting member of the WIA and hold an Australian amateur radio licence. The full requirements to comply will be contained within the nomination form. I'm also pleased to announce that John Marshall will continue in the role of returning officer. The board wishes to extend our ongoing thanks to John for fulfilling this important role. That's it for me this week and stay safe and well Best wishes, Scott, VK3KJ. This is Greg, VK2GPK. In a recent update issued a month or so ago by the ACMA relating to the amateur service, it covered two items. The first item was the approval of what are described as contest call signs, which are single character suffix call signs, usually called two by one call signs, that are issued on a 12 month term basis. This first item was widely publicised among the radio amateur community and there was a rush to apply for one of these call signs, as they are by their very nature 
a limited resource. However, it was the second item that was of much more significance to the radio amateur community that received almost zero coverage. The second item was in regard to the pending decision by the ACMA as to whether it introduces changes to the radio amateur licence to move it from an apparatus licence to a class licence. As you may be aware, the ACMA initiated a consultation on this matter and stated their preferred option was to change to a class licence. Class licences currently apply to spectrum use by such things as CB radio, Wi-Fi, low-power usage by remote controls and other similar community uses. But the technical compliance onus is on the device manufacturers, not the operator. The ACMA's intent is almost certainly to reduce their internal overheads and costs from managing the amateur service radio spectrum by moving to a class licence. This is understandable given the year-on-year budget cuts described euphemistically as efficiency dividends that apply to the ACMA's budget. In this second item in the ACMA update, it describes the decision criteria that will apply to their deliberations on a class licence, and it is unsurprising to find that their, quote, return on investment, end of quote, is one of the prime criteria. The WI prepared an extensive consultation response which identified the inherent deficiencies of their proposed class licence option and the WI proposed revisions that would avoid negative impact should the ACMA proceed with a hopefully revised class licence. One of my concerns is the recent change in the regulator publications where it refers to the amateur service as a hobby. Nowhere in the legislation or legislative instruments is the amateur service described as a hobby but rather a technical pursuit without pecuniary interest of experimentation and self-training. Why is this a concern? The spectrum we have access to is of immense commercial value, and a regulator mindset that this is a hobby made up of often grumpy radio amateurs in what appears externally to be a selfish pursuit of a hobby is not conducive to balanced decision-making, and this is a very real concern. This is Greg, VK2GPK. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through Victor Kilo One Whiskey India Alpha. Now, international news with Jason, Victor Kilo Two Lima Alpha Whiskey. Hello. We begin this week by putting out the welcome mat to some new radio amateurs on board the International Space Station. One of them is even in charge of the crew. Neil Rapp, Whiskey Bravo 9, Victor Papa Golf, told AR Newsline how Raja Chari, Kilo India 5, Lima India Uniform, is the latest commander of a NASA space station. Raja and his three fellow members of the SpaceX Crew 3 are now aboard the ISS, having made the trip aboard the Endurance. According to the Associated Press, the U.S. Air Force test pilot from Iowa is the first rookie to command a NASA mission in several decades. The mission is expected to last six months. It promises to be a busy six months for the crew, which includes Matthias Mora, Kilo India 5, Kilo Foxtrot Hotel, from the European Space Agency. The German astronaut will be involved in more than 35 experiments while on board the ISS. He'll be using the German callsign Delta Papa Zero ISS, during a dozen scheduled contacts with German schools through the amateur radio on the International Space Station program. For now, the newly constituted crew of the ISS is keeping a very low profile. The Russian military's intentional destruction of an old Soviet-era intelligence satellite 
has launched a cloud of space debris into low Earth orbit. More on this aspect to come here on WIA National News with Cole VK3GTV in Special Interest Group News. In news from Region 1, former RSGB and IARU Region 1 President Golf 3 Bravo Juliet presented with award. The IARU Administrative Council, the AC, recently presented the Michael J. Owen Award to Donald F. Beatty Golf 3 Bravo Juliet. The Michael J. Owen VK3KI Award is not bestowed every year. Michael Owen was involved with the IARU for over 40 years. His multiple roles as a volunteer included time as a Director and Chairman of Region 3 and as IARU Vice President and Technical Expert. In addition to the extraordinary accomplishments as President of the Wireless Institute of Australia, he made substantial contributions of his time and skill before and during both WARC 79 and WRC 03. The AC established the Michael J. Owen VK3 KI Memorial Award to perpetuate his memory and to recognise those outstanding volunteers whose exceptional service to the IARU reflect the spirit, hard work and dedication of our departed friend and colleague. Don Beatty, Golf 3 Bravo Juliet, is known to many of you, and his years of dedicated work to IARU perfectly capture the essence of the Michael J. Owen VK3KI Award. Don has always been wise counsel to the AC, and we can all appreciate his unselfish commitment to the IARU. Don's support of the amateur services has been exemplary, and is certainly a very worthy recipient of the award. Ham radio exams in Belgium cancelled as fourth wave hits hard. The COVID pandemic in Belgium has caused the communications regulator BIPT to cancel all amateur radio exams. All registrations and exams are on hold until the situation is stabilised. Unfortunately, there's no possibility to take the exam online. In news from Region 2, think you don't have room for an antenna? Researchers are experimenting with one antenna that's so small it might just blend into the wallpaper. Scientists at Princeton University's Keller Centre for Innovation in Engineering Education have done just that. They're basing their work on something called large area electronics, which allows electronic circuits to be created on material that's both thin and flexible. As a result, they're hoping to develop an antenna array that could be incorporated in something as thin as wallpaper or even a skin patch. Their findings are published in Nature Electronics. A report on the phys.org website quotes Naveen Verma, the senior author of the study, describing how the researchers adapted zinc oxide thin film transistor technology for wireless use. They created a phased array of antennas in a row that is 30 centimetres or one foot long. These antennas could be located practically anywhere, even as wallpaper in a room, making it potentially compatible with devices being driven as part of the Internet of Things. Dayton Hamvention 2022 is not just going to be a premier ham fest, but a reunion. As organisers prepare for the first gathering at the Xenia Fairground and Expo Centre in Ohio after two years of cancellations. Hamvention General Chairman Rick Olnut, Whiskey Sierra 8 Golf, said in a phone interview that committees have been meeting and volunteers are committed to making up for the time lost to pandemic cancellations. Hamvention will be happening on Friday, May 20th through to Sunday, May 22nd, with an international reception scheduled on Thursday, May 19th. 
Rick said the registration site is already taking bookings from vendors and inside exhibitors, and individual visitors can already buy their tickets. All details are available on the hamvention.org website. Rick said tickets are all printed and ready to go. And in Region 3, when they couldn't hold their national ham fest as planned, hams in India decided to celebrate ham history, and you can participate too. Although COVID-19 precautions spurred organisers to postpone HamFest India until 2022, the HamFest India 2021 organising committee went ahead and plans to offer a national celebration online, marking 100 years of amateur radio in India. The commemoration of amateur radio centenary in India was hosted by the Mysore Hams using the Zoom platform. The committee included Shankar Prasad, Victor Uniform 2, Sierra Papakilo, and Marduka Victor Uniform 2, Mike Uniform Delta. The two-day program was live-streamed on YouTube, and a recording is available for viewing on the HamFest India 2021 channel there. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Ham radio operation news. It's contact sport. French HQ station wins IARUHF World Championship. The RAF HQ station, TM0HQ, has achieved first place in the IARU headquarters stations contest for the sixth time. Team France, TM0HQ, would like to thank all the stations who contacted them in some very difficult conditions, and which allowed a very good score this year. The TM0HQ team thus finished first for the sixth time, 2012, 2014, 2016, 2018, 2019 and 2021. Oh, and next IAA World Championship Contest is July 9 and 10, 2022. Spring VHF Future Field Days this weekend, November 27-28. Not only, but also, the CQOICW Contest, November 27-28. PLAR Groups 80 Meter Slow, More Scrobbery, Sunday morning, December the 4th. December 4 and 5, 160 Meters Worldwide. December 11 and 12, 10 Meters Worldwide. 2022. January the entire month every year is the WIA Rosshall VHF UHF Marathon Contest. 0000 hours UTC 1 January to 2359 hours UTC 31st January. There is little over a month to go for the annual Rosshall Contest Marathon. All of January 2022. With more, Contest Manager Trent BK4TS. There's a little over a month to go for the annual Rosshall Contest Marathon. All of January 2022. Read the rules, understand the rules, and ask questions if you don't understand how they apply. One of the frequently asked questions is, I'm entering in another contest over the month. Can my contacts count in the Ross Hull? Well, yes, of course they can. However, you must do two things. First, you must exchange the requirement of the Ross Hull Marathon, and that's a signal report and a serial number, and if possible, a six-digit grid square. This is not a requirement to be exchanged over the air. You can use other methods. Second, if the contest you're in allows multiple contacts, you need to include all contacts, not cherry-pick. If the station worked has misheard you, then you may be penalising yourself. 
Above all, the Ross Hull is a celebration of the amazing life of a pioneer of amateur radio. Enjoy the contest and we look forward to hearing you on the bands. This is Trent, VK4TS, for the Ross Hull Contest 2022. Thanks, Trent. And before I leave the contest news, make a note. WIAVHF UHF Field Days, Summer 2022. 0100 hours UTC, Saturday 15 January. Through 0059 hours UTC, Sunday 16 January. Deperson BK6. DX Window. Be listening for the call sign HF150KCH and 3Z150PO. Activated by SP2KFQ until November 30. The activation is part of the celebration of the 150th anniversary of the first railway line in Chonyis, where their club station is located. See the club's QRZ webpage for all details. Vladimir, OK2WX is on the air as 5H3WX from Zanzibar until the 3rd of December. Listen on 80 through 10 metres while using CWNSSB. Send QSLs to HA3JB. Listen for John Paul, KN6NNF, in Uganda, where he is using the call sign 5X3Z on 20 and 10 metres, using FT8. QSL to 5X3Z via LATW. Comoros. Don, k 6 zero will be QRP as D60AB from November 22 to 29. Activity will be on HF bands using CW and SSB. QSL direct to his own call, K60. South Shetland Islands. Lee DS4 NMJ is QRP as DT8A as part of a scientific team on the King Sejong, Korean Antarctic base of King George Island, IOTA AN010, until December 31. Activities on the HF bands using CW, SSB and FT8. QSL by DS5 TOS. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Media Watch and Radio Caroline, 30 years on. Dave Kettridge wrote on Facebook on the 19th of November that way back in 1991, the same date, November 19, a fierce storm broke the anchor chain on the Ross Revenge. Battered and bruised and without power, she drifted 17 miles until she ran aground on the notorious Goodwin Sands. In the early light of the morning, her crew was helicoptered off. She was left alone to succumb to nature. Over the years, hundreds of ships and countless lives have been taken by the Goodwin Sands, and for a while it looked like the Ross Revenge was destined to become another one, the ship with Radio Caroline. However, she is a remarkable ship, and after four days' effort by two tugs, she was recovered and taken into Dover Harbour, where she was promptly arrested and served with a detention order. It looked like the end for Radio Caroline, but the station moved to land-based studios. The Ross Revenge was restored and is now used regularly for monthly live broadcast. Yep, the Caroline history continues. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, first up, it's Final Frontier. Russian anti-satellite, ASAT missile, generates debris cloud, threaten the ISS and other assets in low Earth orbit. On Monday, November 15th, 
The Russian Ministry of Defense launched an anti-satellite missile, destroying the Cosmos 1408 satellite. Cosmos 1408 was launched on September 16, 1982, and was in orbit of 679 kilometers by 645 kilometers, with an inclination of 82.5 degrees. The destruction of the satellite caused the generation of at least 1,500 pieces of debris orbiting between 300 kilometers and 1,100 kilometers. As the satellite was just above the ISS's altitude, the debris cloud potentially threatened the astronauts and cosmonauts on board the ISS, who were forced to take shelter in their crew capsules during the second and third passes of the debris field. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson released the following statement condemning the Russian test. He said, Earlier today, due to the debris generated by the destructive Russian anti-satellite test, ISS astronauts and cosmonauts undertook emergency procedures for safety. Like Secretary Blinken, I'm outraged by this irresponsible and destabilizing action. With its long and storied history in human spaceflight, it's unthinkable that Russia would endanger not only the American and international partner astronauts on the ISS, but also their own cosmonauts. Their actions are reckless and dangerous, threatening as well the Chinese space station and the Taikonauts on board. Space is already crowded, but now there are at least 1,500 trackable fragments and possibly hundreds of thousands of smaller yet still threatening pieces of debris in low Earth orbit. While space stations have the capability to move out of the way with sufficient notice, most satellites in low Earth orbit, including those designed, built, launched and operated by AMSAT, do not. As such, they face greater risk of catastrophic destruction or degraded mission functionality if struck by fragments from Russia's destruction of Cosmos 1408. On a happier note, it's happy 47th birthday to AMSAT Oscar 7, which launched on November 15, 1974, and is still operational in sunlight. November 15th is an important date in amateur satellite history. AMSAT Oscar 40 also launched on November 15, 2000, and Kata Oscar 100 is celebrating its third birthday, having launched on November 15, 2018. Remember, the 15th is also the birthday of AMSAT's founding president, Dr. Perry Klein, W3PK. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA, AS-140, Operators, Manju, S21AM, Vaslay, S21IRC, and possibly Aminal, S21D, will be active from Manpura Island between December 16 to 22nd. It was reported the call sign S21DX got approval from Bangladesh Telecommunication Regulatory Commission, and they'll operate with two 100-watt stations, into one multiband beam, two verticals, and one multiband inverted V. Activity will be mainly SSB on 10 meters, 15 meters, 20 meters, and some 40 meters, also FT8 and FT4. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Medical. Transmission is loud and clear between the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club and the Latrobe University Student Paramedic Association. The Student Paramedic Association raised funds for an automated external defibrillator device back in 2019. With COVID restrictions, they finally got the chance to deliver it last Wednesday week. Barrick President Neil Patton, VK3ZVX, expressed his thanks to the student paramedics, saying, The arrival of the defibrillator fulfills certain aspects of our strategic plan, and it will be of service to Barrick members and visitors to the Bendigo East Hall. LASPA representatives Matilda Henley-Johnstone and Zoe Biggs conducted a CPR training session, 
providing Barrick members with the skills and knowledge to use the defibrillator if it was needed. Barrick is an affiliation of the Wireless Institute of Australia and supports people interested in taking up amateur radio used for alternative communications as a hobby. The group meets at 10am on Wednesday mornings at the Bendigo East Hall, Lancel Street. A subgroup of Barrick, the Pedal Radio Group, focuses on health by combining portable amateur radio with cycling. Last month, the group joined the Great Cycling Challenge and raised just under $1,400 to fight kids' cancer. And you can see more of the AED presentation on the video version of this news broadcast compiled by Biven, VK5BD. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Radio amateurs assist in rescue of firefighters buried in cave. On Sunday, October 31st, the state network of emergency radio amateurs, Ria Sao Paulo, provided support in the care of the disaster that occurred in Antipolis, Sao Paulo. 28 civilian firefighters were carrying out an exercise in the Two Mouths Cave when part of the cave collapsed, leaving nine deaths amongst the victims buried. The search and rescue operations were carried out by the Fire Department of Sao Paulo with the support of the state civil defence. The Rio Sao Paulo had important participation providing communication between the command post, installed about 800 metres from the basement and the rescue area, difficult to access. To overcome this distance... It took between 30 and 40 minutes of narrow trail walking in dense forest. The volunteers of Rear SP involved the work in the early hours of the morning, continuing until 8pm. The participation of the radio amateurs was effective, providing infrastructure and radio equipment to enable communication between the Operation Command and the rescue teams who were without contact due to lack of telephone signal or internet. The support of the radio amateurs brought greater agility to the operations, enabling the command to receive and transmit messages directly to the rescue team. In other rescue news, emergency radio concept to support crisis communication. DARC reports the flood disasters in North Rhine, Westphalia and Rhineland Palatinate have shown that functioning communication in crisis situations is of great importance, but not a matter of course. The translation of the DARC post reads... The DARC Department for Emergency and Disaster Radio has taken the knowledge from the affected areas as an opportunity to develop a concept for future support of the population in such emergency situations. In times of prolonged communication failure, the unit would like to be prepared in order to be able to support the population and independent helpers on site. That's why they created a concept that many external helpers from business, aid organisations, the fire brigade, the German Armed Forces and Politics helped develop, explained Oliver Schlag, DL7TNY, the DARC's Federal Officer for Emergency and Disaster Radio, EV. An active emergency radio that broadly supports society is good evidence that we radio amateurs can use the frequencies assigned to us responsibly and in the interest of the community. But we are also dependent on help from business and politics, concluded the DARC Emergency Radio Officer. And speaking of concluding, that's it for Worldwide Special Interest Group News for this week. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. 2021 social scene. Would you believe? No more ham fest this year. But next year in VK3, it's Spark Rosebud Radio Fest, February 13. And in VK5, it's the Australian Fox Hunting Championship and the Sir Convention, Mount Gambier, Queen's Birthday Weekend, June 2022. Remember, if you want something broadcast in the social scene... Drop us a note, nationalnews at wia.org.au. And now, the final final, or is it? 
the sensational new revelation that missing aircraft MH370 was in a holding pattern for 22 minutes off Indonesia raises a host of questions, says aerospace engineer Richard Godfrey, interviewed in AirlinerRatings.com. Mr Godfrey is using new tracking technology called WSPRNet, yes, the WhisperNet, and says he's able to detect and track aircraft anywhere in the globe and at any time. And when we say any time, that's currently or historically, going back as far as 2009. This system has been undergoing a number of tests that have been set up by an ex-Qantas captain, Mike Glynn, and adjudicated by AirlineRatings.com, which have been very successful. Having verified the technology, Mr Godfrey is tracking MH370 and found that MH370 entered a racetrack-shaped holding pattern for around some 22 minutes off Indonesia. He says the holding pattern raises a number of possible questions. Was the pilot in negotiation with the Malaysian government? Was the pilot waiting for a signal that some demands had been met? Were the passengers and crew of MH370 held to ransom by the pilot? Or, he asks, was the pilot just checking he was not being followed by using a holding pattern, or just saying a final goodbye and taking one last breath before turning south into the Indian Ocean? Still more questions than answers on an airline mystery that may outlast the Amelia Earhart disappearance of 1937. That when Amelia and her navigator Fred Noonan were last reported as being seen just an island or two away from the MH370 flight east of Indonesia as they flew over New Guinea. And with the final final, finally gone, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.